everyone, this is Paige and welcome back to my podcast, So Rude. If you've been listening, this is now going on episode, I think number four. So thanks so much for being a loyal audience. I really, really appreciate it. In today's episode, I wanna talk about a couple of things that really have to do with work because with so many of us working from home, this is really a thing that everyone's experiencing right now, whether you're a student doing schoolwork, an adult at a job or doing in the office type work, everyone is experiencing things that are challenging right now. So I just kind of wanted to come in. I wanted to talk a little bit about work and I want to talk about a few things that I've unearthed or realized over the last, um, what, four months, which is crazy. So yeah, thanks for sticking with me and let's get into our topic for today. So our first topic today, which is talking about work, I wanted to talk about one of the biggest things that everyone's experiencing right now, which is the shift to working from home. So if you're like me, back in March, my company announced everyone's working from home, you know, take your laptop, take whatever it is you need and just suddenly shift gears. And if you would have asked me a year, two years ago, hey, do you wanna work from home? I'd say, no, you're crazy. I don't wanna work from home. That would be so boring. I'd hate the fact that I never got to interact with people. I'd hate the fact that I never got to leave my house. And yet, right now, I am loving working from home. There are so many perks right? You can throw your laundry in the laundry machine, something that you wouldn't be able to do at one o'clock in the afternoon on a Wednesday. You are able to take the dog for a walk and not have to rely on a sitter. So now you're spending more time with your pets and you're really able to just kind of do those extra things that you were not able to do because of how much commuting time that you had. So I commuted over an hour each way to work and you know, it wasn't bad. I would just listen to some music or now listen to my podcast. So rude on your next commute, but you lose that time and you just never really thought of that as being time that you could spend. It was really just commuting time. Now with that extra two hours a day, plus all the time spent getting ready, right? So you'd get up in the morning and you'd have to get up really early and then you'd have to take a shower and you have to get ready. And you got to wear the like work clothes Then you got to travel into the office. And then I didn't even park where my building was. I had to park and then you had a walk and before you know it it's like two and a half hours in the morning spent in reality nothing really got done and now looking at it in a sense that I can wake up you know 20 30 minutes before work eat breakfast get on the laptop and it's like wow here's so much more free time I never knew I had but the biggest thing about recognizing when you have an advantage like that is actually using it so okay you have all this extra time what are you doing with it For me, I decided to start a podcast, continue to blog. I started a YouTube, which is, you know, go check it out, Paige Meredith on YouTube. But in reality, am I using this time to my fullest advantage? Probably not. Here are some ways that you can be using this time more effectively. If you are not taking time now to connect with other people by doing networking, growing your network, connecting with other people in your field, you are doing yourself a disservice and I'm gonna tell you why. The entire world is going digital. If you haven't realized that by now, okay, you're welcome. Congratulations, you've learned. The whole world is going digital. With the fact that the whole world is going digital, that means all your interactions are going digital. So if you are not attending those in-person networking events that you used to, right, you would actually go to a conference or go to a a physical location and that's how you exchange your business cards and that's how you exchange all your things that you're going to be doing but you know what you're not doing that right now because everyone's quarantining at home so with that said if you are not getting on networking calls if you are not connecting with other people in your field if you're not spending at least an hour a week trying to grow your network i'm telling you right now you will be left in the dust and everyone's going to come at me right they're going to say page 
it's time to relax. It's time to be comforted. And I hear you, right? I hear you. It's definitely, you know, not a problem to want to take some time to reflect for your mental health. And I get it. However, we're now four months in. This is not the first three days. This is not the first three weeks. This is not even the first three months. Sweetheart, we're going on month four, inching into month five. If you are not taking time to take advantage of this, I promise you, you're going to be left in the dust. And I'm going to tell you why. Because people that are taking advantage of this time, they are churning out things, whether it's an ebook, whether it's templates, whether it's a class, whether it's, you know, their new podcast, whatever it is. And because everyone's at home, they are now so much more accessible to those products that you're putting out, right? So trying to get a new person to listen to a podcast when they're in their same day-to-day grind, I mean, that's tough. It's going to be word of mouth. It's going to be it popping up on the recommended or for you page or whatever that looks like on whatever streaming service that you use. But in reality, people were not using these products, these new things as frequently because you had to break through that mold. You had to break through that routine. You had to break through the fact that everyone gets up in the morning and does the same exact thing every single day. Now, because everyone's at home, they're bored of their routine. You know, have you realized that? Are you are you slowly getting a little bored? Maybe you've changed up your coffee. You've cut your hair. You've dyed your hair which, oh my God, if you did that, good luck, and hopefully it turned out okay. But in reality, people are changing up their routine because they're bored. They're now accessible. You need to go in and you need to be connecting with these people. LinkedIn, I love LinkedIn. And if you're not on LinkedIn, I'm telling, I don't care what your age is. I don't care if you're fresh out of high school. I don't care if you're 80 years old. You got to get on LinkedIn because LinkedIn is your professional site. It's your professional image. And I heard a celebrity say this, the LinkedIn is your IMDB of the professional world if you're not a celebrity and in movies. So I'm telling you, if you're not on LinkedIn, get on LinkedIn. Second, if you're on LinkedIn, the best thing about this is a really, really easy little thing and it's right at the top of the page. It's called the search feature. You're welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I just opened up your whole world. Your LinkedIn is a professional site for everyone to connect with other people. So I know when I first started my LinkedIn, which was back in, you know, when I was in college, because you know, you're told, "Get get a LinkedIn. All I did was connect with people that I knew. But very quickly, I realized, you know, those 300 people maybe that you know that you can scrape together, that is not going to help you connect. That's not going to help you find people in your industry because realistically, how many people that you're friends with or you have family members are in the same field as you? Maybe I'm a little different because literally everyone in my family became a lawyer and I considered it for a minute. I, I really did. I was an English criminal justice major at first in college and then I realized, you know, something just kind of encouraged me to switch gears. It's very rare that a lot of people in the family Family go into the same industry. So with that said, you're using LinkedIn to connect with other people in your industry. And I'll give you an example. So I work in public health and I'm interested in learning about people that have roles in public health. So in the little search feature, all you got to do is type in public health consultant, public health coordinator, public health Delaware, public health, wherever, wherever you want to go, you literally type in the search feature bar, whatever it is that you're looking for. And I promise you hundreds of results are going to pop up. And all you got to do is do one little thing. You got to network, which takes us into our next thing. How do you network? Well, the first thing is starting. 
And I know everyone says that and it's so intimidating. I know I used to be intimidated by networking too. No one is an A plus networker. You know, like if you're in college right now and you've been living your life by these grades that you get, so arbitrary, you're not gonna get an A plus in the real world. You know, you may get a bonus, you may get recognition, you may get an award, but you're not gonna get an A plus. So if you're living your whole life for the grades, I promise you right now, that's gonna be a really big transition when it comes to shift out of school life and into work life. The second thing is, networking is different for everyone. So for me, I network with people by reaching out and saying something like, hey, I saw that you do X at X in X. I'm really interested in learning more about your background. Would you be available for a chat? So I'll give you a perfect example. I could reach out to someone who is a public health consultant in New York City and I'll say, hi, so-and-so, I came across your profile. I saw that you're a public health consultant in New York City working on tobacco cessation programs. That's so interesting. I did some work in that in grad school. I'd love to learn more about your background and how you got to where you are today. If someone had reached out to me with something just like that, I would want to talk to them because one, everyone loves to talk about themselves. And two, there's a little bit of pride and you're able to help out other people. So if you go in and you connect with other people and send messages like that. Not everyone's going to respond because sometimes they're busy, sometimes they're not interested, sometimes something about your message, you know, rub them the wrong way, whatever, move on. But you're going to get at least a couple. And the more that you do, so once you have your first call and you realize, wow, that's not that scary, you'll start to do it more and more. Okay, so you're going to network and you've connected with people in your industry. Cool. What do you talk about? Okay, great. You talk about what you want to talk about. What's most important? Are you looking for a job? Then you say, what's your background? How did you get to the job that you're at now? What type of positions, certifications, or experience do you think people need to get to where you are now? And you just kind of ask them. And the most important part about these is active listening. So if you go in saying, I want a job, and you ask someone, can you tell me about what positions or roles that you were in to get you where you are now? And they say something like, oh, well, first I was a lifeguard, and then I became a retail clerk, and then I got my master's, and then I landed in this job. That may have happened, sure, but then you can press. You can say, oh, do you think that being a lifeguard or working in retail helped you? Was it because of customer service? Was it because you met someone? And they may say, oh, yeah, you know what? One of my customers that I met um, actually worked here, and we kept in touch, and when I told them I was looking for a job, they were able to connect me. Okay, great. So now you know that they got their job through a connection. It's not just going in with questions because everyone's like, what What kind of questions should I ask? Yeah, you should go in with some questions, but it's being an active listener and an active participant to the conversation. And if you're not actively listening, you're going to miss more opportunities to find out information than if you walked in there with like a million questions. Because anyone can walk in with a million questions, but you may realize really quickly on in that conversation, wow, my questions, they're not even relevant. This person, they don't even relate. And I can give you a good example of this. I reached out to someone that had a business title that I was interested in learning more about and I reached out and I thought it was going to be one thing. Within the first couple minutes of the conversation, I quickly realized, okay, this person does something completely different than what I thought they did. And yet, I didn't just jump off the phone, which leads me to my second point about networking. Every single person that you talk to is of value. First, you don't know who they know. Second, you don't know what they've done previously. So you walked into that conversation thinking you wanted to know about what they're doing right now, and you may not even realize that what they did before, or their brother, or their sister-in-law, or their whoever, is the CEO or the president or HR person at this company that you're interested in. So first off, go in with questions, sure. Be an active listener, yes, but also, make sure that even if it's someone you don't really know could be of value, make sure you're going in there with just the mindset of, I'm just here to learn. Because if you go in with that mindset of, I'm just interested, I just wanna learn more, I just wanna expand my my reach, my network, 
I promise you, you will get so much more out of that phone call. And let's say you don't, let's say you hop on this call and you're like, wow, I, this was such a waste of time, whatever. Okay, great. Why was it a waste of time? Was it because you didn't ask the right questions? Was it because you didn't do enough research? Was it because the person was distracted at 9am in the morning and you know, I need to have these conversations closer to lunchtime because that's when people are free, right? So you always have to um, be looking back on the situation and realize what about the situation didn't work. Not just that it didn't work, move on, scrap it, but what about the conversation or what about the situation made it not work? And I never realized I really did this until I was listening to another podcast and it was absolutely amazing. It was this guy named Lewis and he was interviewing Kobe Bryant before his passing, RIP. He was talking to Kobe about his mentality, the Mamba mentality. If you haven't heard about this Mamba mentality, you are missing out because Kobe Bryant was a beast. He was good just as a human and his mindset. And if we could just bottle his mindset and teach everyone, the world would be so much more of a happy, productive place. Anyways, back on track. So during this interview, Kobe was talking about the fact that when he first started at basketball, he wasn't that good. And you may be thinking, I know I was thinking, I was like, what do you mean? Like, you're a legend. You're actually one of the best basketball players of all time. And you're telling me that when you started, you weren't that good. So I was listening to this interview and he talked about the fact that first he practiced every day. Now for sports, you can say, okay, practicing, you know, going into the gym, going and doing layups and doing different uh, practice routines. Okay, fine. Skills, right? Working on your skills. That same concept, that very same nature of wanting to practice every day relates to the work field, right? So whatever industry you're in, doctors, you think you're going to get a a surgeon that's going to work on your heart who (laughs) this is his first time. No, he would have done plenty of, you know, practices, whether that's in med school, whether that's in his residency, whether that's during his first couple years as a surgeon and he was shadowing someone. Every person that's an expert in their field has to start somewhere and they have to practice. So first off, he was bad at basketball and he worked on it every day. He would go into the gym every day, hours before practice, after practice. And you're thinking, okay, yeah, that's definitely how we got there, right? Yeah, that was part of the equation. And the second part of the equation was that he always re-watched his game tapes. And I'm listening to him talk about this. He said, the times that I would lose, even the times that I would win anytime, any basketball game he played, he would go and he would watch the game tapes over and over and he'd say, okay, I shouldn't have done that. Okay, why do we do that? We don't need to do this next time. Okay, we really don't do that next time. And by re-watching what he did, you're um, more likely to see your errors and now be prepared for them the next time. So how does this relate to us, right? In a non-sports way. It relates to us because if you are experiencing something that's challenging, it could be networking, it could be interviewing, it could be writing a resume, whatever, whatever it is that you're experiencing that's challenging, just know that nobody ever is just good right away. And if you are, it's natural talent. And I guarantee you, hard work beats natural talent every single time. So if there's something that you need to do, and you feel like you can improve upon it because everyone can everywhere, but you're specifically that this individual thing, I need to improve, then the first thing you need to do is you need to practice. If it's writing blog posts, you know, my first, if you compare my very, very, very first blog post to something that I've written more recently, you're going to see one, the length is like quadrupled in size. Two, you're going to see that there's more shape and more structure to the post. But if I had said then in the beginning, oh, I'm not, 
like I'm never going to get to where, you know, this person is. Yeah, you're not because you're too busy comparing yourself to other people than just doing the work. If you're too busy comparing yourself to others, it's just holding you back. And I'm not just preaching at you. I do this myself too. You know, if you're too busy comparing yourself to others, then that's a lot of time, energy, and motivation that's being wasted. So those are kind of some topics about work that I wanted to talk about. So I want to introduce this concept that I learned in graduate school called personality job fit. And what this means is in today's world, we've noticed that there's a lot of, you know, dissatisfaction in the workplace. Why? Because oftentimes people are accepting jobs that are not a good fit for who they are as a person. My mom loves numbers. She loves you know, tracking things to the penny. She wants to know where every dollar is spent. And she's an accountant. That's such a great pairing between what she does naturally, her personality, and the roles and responsibilities of the job that she's in. And other people may not be as lucky. And I was in graduate school and we were talking about this. Let's say that you're someone who just naturally doesn't like to talk to people. You know, you're a little bit more of an introvert. You don't really like and you don't really enjoy casual conversation. And you are the front desk for a hotel you you are going to be so frustrated because every single person that walks past you has a question or they just want to say good morning or they want to know where the coffee is or they want to know where the bathroom is or they want to know when they can check in right so you are someone who doesn't really enjoy conversation you don't really like talking to people and your entire job has to do with talking to people that is not a good personality job fit okay you need to take stock at what is it that you do well i love talking Clearly, it's why I started a podcast because I realized I love to talk and if there's no one to listen, then I will find people to listen to me. If I was in a job where I sat at a desk day in, day out, in a cubicle, staring at the wall, punching numbers into a computer like an accountant, I would probably rip my hair out because it's such an opposite of what I like to do. I encourage you, if you're still a little bit lost, so many people ask people, what do you wanna be when you grow up? If you could be anything in the world, what would you be? And nobody's asking the question, what do you like to do? There is this belief system that you know your job can't make you happy, and I, I don't believe that. I think your job can make you happy. I think it needs to be a balance. You gotta take stock at what are the things that are most important to you. Is financial security extremely important? If so, then something that's, um, not as highly paid of a role or something that there's not as much ability to make a higher income well then that may be something that's a a compromise right you know maybe i won't take my absolute dream job because it makes no money because i have this internal core value of wanting to be financially stable um, but i can find something similar do you like to talk to people do you like to be by yourself do you like to work on a computer do you like to work outside do you want to travel do you want to be in one spot do you want to be done at four o'clock every single day on the dot or would you mind a little bit of flexibility knowing that you're going to meet people because that's important to you right so so many people say oh what job do you want go look at job boards go read job descriptions and Yeah, that's important, but I think before you even get there, before you even look at these job boards, it's so important to make a list, like take out a piece of paper right now and think to yourself, what do I like to do and what am I good at? And can I find something that's a blend of these two things? So for me, I'd probably write down, I'm good at public speaking, I like to write, I like to talk to people. And then I'd say, that's what I'm good at. And then what do I like to do? Or what what would I like in my work environment? Okay, I wanna travel. I want to not be stuck in the same place every day. I don't want a traditional, you know, nine to five where if you're five minutes late, someone's watching the clock, you know? So 
you you just gotta take a little bit of time and think through that by going through that exercise you may not have written down a list of jobs but you've certainly written down a list of things that you don't want to do i just really encourage people to say instead of you know spending so much time and and worrying so much about what kind of job what kind of job title do i have really think about what do i want to do and if you work really hard at what you want to do you will be successful i promise Remember how we talked about it's very uncommon to have a lot of people in your family in the same industry? Yep, that's why mentors are important because sometimes going to family members to ask about advice in your industry, well, that's going to be drastically different advice than someone in their industry. So it's it's really taking advantage of having someone to go to for advice and to bounce ideas off of and to talk through a situation. Another reason mentors are so important is because they open the door to that networking that we talked about. So remember we talked about wanting to connect with other people in your field? Well, someone who is a mentor to you, who is more established, who is older, is going to have so many more people in their alley or in their network that they're going to be able to connect you with. So having a mentor and being open and honest with them is so important if you walk into wanting a mentor and your entire interaction with them is just trying to impress them i can promise you you will not be satisfied with the mentorship that you're receiving because they don't know how they can help you if you walk into a conversation and you're like oh yeah like i want to do this and this is what i want to do next and you know, I'm doing great, then someone's gonna be like, okay, so then I can't help you. You already know what you want. You already know what your next steps are. But if you walk in with in honesty and you say, you know, I thought I wanted to go into the health field. And this is me. Let's talk about me for a minute. I wanted to go into the health field. And I realized that finding a job in employee wellness is really tough. So I'm a little bit lost as to what my next step should be, whether I should stay in my industry, shift industries, shift focuses. Oh, you're a little bit confused. Okay, great. Let's talk about it. Why? Why are you confused? What made you confused? What do you like? What do you dislike? Right? So now there's actually room for dialogue. Whereas before in the first scenario, if I walked in, I was like, so I want to work in employee wellness and I know I want to target companies that have in-house employee wellness programs and I want to stay in the Philadelphia area. And I've already sent out jobs applications to XYZ. Okay, great. Like, congratulations. I wish you luck. Keep me posted. But that's really the end of the conversation. But for someone who needs advice or guidance, it now opens up that door for back and forth dialogue, which is what you want. So that's tip number one when it comes to interacting with a mentor. Tip number two, it's important to take everything that they say with a grain of salt. I know, I know. I just said, you know, it's important to have this open dialogue, but it is. It's important to take things with a grain of salt because at the end of the day, any type of advice you're going to be getting is going to be shaped and shifted by the mindset of the person providing that information to you. If they're basically saying, there's no way you'll ever be successful, um, you're not doing this right, you're, you're too old, you're too young, whatever. Okay, well, you can appreciate the cynicism, but you know, that's not helping you right now. So you say thanks and you move on. Maybe they can help you in other ways. Maybe they're really good at reviewing resumes. Maybe they're really good at helping you a LinkedIn headshot, you know, whatever. But maybe the whole advice around the job may not be their expertise. So like I said, step one, make sure you're having an open and honest dialogue. Step two, take it with a grain of salt. Step three, vet where your mentors are coming from. So in my first salaried position out of college, I started at this company and 
within the first couple of weeks, I got an email from the HR office and they said, we have a mentorship program. Would you be interested in participating? Now me, someone who likes to read business books and is always someone that wants to talk and get advice, I was like, yes, sign me up. I can't wait. So their process was they were going to evaluate who is in their mentorship program and then connect you. So I think they got back to me about a week or two later and they said, hi, here is this person. They are one step above you. Like they told me the role, but I knew that that was one step above where I am right now in this other office. And I thought to myself and I said, okay, I don't want to work in this role forever. I don't want to work in the office. I want to get to corporate. I want to get to these type of departments. I want to get in front of these kinds of people because I've always been the ambitious type. I want to be seen. I want to make impact. I want to be involved on a higher level. So I got partnered with this person and I don't even know them, right? I never even spoke to them. I don't even know their name. So I I pondered it and I said, should I just take this mentor program? And I I decided, no, if I'm going to get a mentor, if I'm going to be partnered with a mentor in this gigantic company that's spans almost every state in the US. Why would I limit myself to someone who's basically on the same level as me? I want to get the advice and the feedback from someone more advanced and more established because that's where I aim to be. Before I responded, I did my research and I knew what department I wanted to be in and what level employee that I wanted. So I wrote back and I said, thank you so much for partnering me. I truly appreciate it and I really want to be involved in this program. However, I was curious if I could be partnered with someone from someone from this department, hopefully at this level. And I said, if, if possible, I'd really appreciate that. And it took a little bit and I finally got an email about a week later and they said, okay, thanks. We will see what we can do and we'll let you know. So my thought was like, oh my gosh, I, I shot myself in the foot. They're not partnering me with somebody else. They, they already made the partnership, but I held out hope and I didn't respond back and say, no, I just waited. And a month later, a whole month later, I got an email saying, hi Paige, we've now partnered you with the director at the government affairs office. As you requested, the name is so-and-so, please reach out and connect. And I was ecstatic because you know what? I asked. I asked for what I wanted and it happened. So step 3.1, ask for what you want. Anyways, back to number three, make sure you're taking stock of who is at what level and what it is that you want. If you can spend your time talking to someone in the role or the level you want to be, you're going to get the type of advice and feedback from someone who's already reached that level. I can share so many tips. I I think I actually want to do a second follow-up because I've learned so many great things from my mentors over the years that I'd love to share with you guys. I don't want this to get too long or too off track. One, want to find a mentor. Two, take stock of what they say. Have open dialogue. And number four, make sure you keep in touch. I want to say this again because I really want to grind it into your brain. Stay in touch with your mentors. And two, they don't always have to be a traditional mentor. Like they don't even have to say the words, I am your mentor. If there is an older person or someone you've been interacting with in life who has been able to help and guide you and give you feedback and give you advice and send you job opportunities, stay in touch with them because you never know. You never, never know when it can come in handy. So my very first internship, I was still in college. It was my very last semester. I had a supervisor and I adored working for him. He was more like a coach and a mentor than a manager. He really was invested in my success and what I wanted to do. And I never really realized until much later about the impact I had in my life by having a a supervisor like that. Because he really showed me that this is the way you need to lead people. This is the way that you invest and this is how you treat them with respect. And then when you leave an environment like that, if especially if that's your first experience working with someone in a professional setting and then you start to see people that don't act that way, you're 
going to quickly realize, wow, that person, you know, they're not getting the most out of their staff. They're not being the most productive. They're not being the most effective all because they just really don't know how to manage people. Because at the end of the day, being a manager is managing people. Anyways, I won't, I won't get off too much on that topic. <laughs> but um, so yeah, make sure you stay in touch because by staying in touch, you never know. Their career is also evolving just like yours. So you may have met them when they were the supervisor or the manager of a department. Great. Well, guess what? Five years down the line, they may be starting their own company or they may have shifted to a new company that does have hiring opportunities. And by keeping in touch and just, you know, keeping up to date and, and asking questions about them and sharing your life experiences and not being afraid to admit when you need help, you are going to have so much more value coming out of those relationships. Also, people like to know that they've made an impact, right? If you've ever had someone come up to you and say, oh, you know, I really appreciated your advice. Well, then you're going to be so happy. You're going to be like, oh my God, well, please tell me what happened. How'd you do? And you know, you're going to want some of that background. So definitely make sure you keep in touch. You keep those lines of communication open. You're celebrating the wins with them. If you saw that they got promoted, send them a congratulatory note. You know, it's the little things that really wind up to where you are now. I was recently on a call with someone and we were just chit-chatting. It was a networking call. And she said to me, wow, you're 27 years old and you're already networking. You're already doing these things that I didn't learn till I was 40. Keep it up because if I had known what I knew then, what I know now, I would be in such a better spot. And so me, I'm kind of sitting here listening to her and I said, you know, I would never consider my an expert networker. It's really just about trial and error. And trial and error at 27 is going to be a lot more, I don't want to use the word easy, but if you can trial and error at 27, then by the time you reach the age of 40, you're no longer trial and error, right? You found the things that work for you versus starting at 40, trial and error. Okay, now you're in a different spot, right? You're having to learn these skills at a much later time and you didn't have all those years of interest or compounding value that happens when you start things when you're young. So if you're listening to me now and I can really share anything from this talk, I really just want to come back and say there's two pieces of information, the two tips to take away from today's talk. One, you should really be taking stock of what you do well and what you like to do and forming your future around that. Because if you like what you do, you're going to be that much more willing to put the time and the work and the energy in that is needed to be successful. You will not escape hard work. If I'm the first person telling this to you, I am so sorry. No one escapes hard work to be successful. And if you're going to have to put in hard work and stress and long hours, you might as well do it around something that you like. Tip number two, make sure you have a mentor, someone that you can continue to stay in touch with over the years that brings you value, can support you in the goals that you have and the things that you want to reach. So with that said, thank you all so much for listening to my podcast, So Rude. If you haven't yet, subscribe. I have not followed me on Instagram. Go and follow me at sorude.podcast. Make sure that you follow us to stay up to date on all future episodes. I'm so excited I could talk to you guys today and I will talk to you soon. Have a great day. Bye.